For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit What is going on? It is the Ethos Clippers podcast coming at you on a Monday evening. It is an emergency podcast. We're coming a little bit earlier in the day, but both Matt and I had to work during the day. So here we are recording this one just shy of 7 p.m. on Monday of All-Star Break. Was hoping to have a podcast released this week where we kind of took a look back quickly at that last game against Phoenix, in which the Clippers looked great. Things were looking good going to the All-Star break, uh, kind of where we are at the break, giving some grades to the team. And then this morning happened, and Russell Westbrook is going to become a Los Angeles Clipper. But before we discuss that, got to say hello to my buddy, my podcast partner, the Russell Westbrook whisperer with his article. I'm going to blame it on you, Matt. How are you, my friend? Matt Matt Warren. Sports ethos, Clipper Nation, Brennan Marcus. How the heck are you? What a day, a banner day, and not necessarily in a great way for the Clippers. Uh, my goodness, Russell Westbrook. I, um, I'm going to describe it like this, and I don't want to be too melodramatic about it because it's a, it's, after all, it's a, it's a guy signing to a basketball team, but there are certain moments in life, life-changing moments where you can, as much as you maybe know it's coming, anticipate something, an event is coming, you can never really prepare yourself until it actually happens. And I feel like this Russell Westbrook this morning, his intent to sign the Clippers is akin to one of those moments. Now, I know that's being a little overly dramatic, but that's the way I was feeling. Yeah, it's understandable. And there's a bunch of different ways to look at this. And we're going to break this down from several different angles because there suddenly now is the Ty Lu versus Lawrence Frank dynamic that I think has emerged a bit and uh, was talking with a couple of people on Twitter earlier today. And I had heard something a couple of months ago that perhaps Ty Lu is not pleased with what's going on with the load management and that maybe um, this could be his last year with the Clippers. Who knows? Um, but now I'm curious if this is a power struggle in the front office and that Lawrence Frank and Ty Lu are not on the same page. I mean, it really doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out and connect the dots that Lawrence Frank comes out and he says that we looked at all of our point guard options during the deadline. Nothing seemed to fit that we could acquire. We need to bring somebody that is not going to go and take poor shots and that can fit on the defensive end and not get played off the floor and play within our offense. And that certainly seemed to indicate that Russell Westbrook would not be coming to the Clippers. But then we heard 
Ty Lue say that kind of wants a point guard. We obviously heard Paul George be a very strong advocate for Russell Westbrook. Before we get into the negatives, because there's going to be a lot of negatives, I've got a bunch of numbers that I want to throw out that a bunch of people in the Clippers community, some great writers that tweeted out earlier today. So I think it's worth giving them some credit and kind of giving some numbers to what Matt and I have been talking about, because Matt and I clearly have been against this from the start. I chose to not believe this was going to happen. I didn't think Lawrence Frank would do it. I thought Lawrence Frank had the basketball savvy to know that, hey, this guy has been on five teams in five years, that there's no chance that we're going to bring him in and ruin this team after making some very good deadline moves. But I want to start, Matt, with the positives because um, I think there's there needs to be a – I don't know how to exactly describe it. I think we need to give Russell Westbrook a chance. Because this guy is obviously a very good basketball player. The issue is, and we'll talk about this later, is that he seems to play one way. But on a positive side, we're not saying this is definitely not going to work. I, I don't want anybody to think, hey, this, there's no chance this is going to work. The Clippers have no chance. But Matt, what are your thoughts on the positive side of bringing Russell Westbrook in? Because I think one of the strongest positives is that he's going to bring some instant energy to a team that sometimes really seems to lack it at many different points um, during a game, especially in the first half. Yeah, I mean, so, of course, there are plenty of negatives that we will go over and we should go over and plenty to back it up with numbers and eye tests, which I had earlier, actually, today. I went for an eye exam um, at Costco. That's, That's where I go to get my eyes examined. Don't judge me for it. But I needed the eye exam to make sure that I was reading everything correctly today because I, I like you, couldn't believe it. The positives, of course, he, he, he gives the Clippers, there's a chance that it could work out. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, uh, her Ralibob Vulgaris, who is a, uh, I think he's a ringer guy, or at least he used to a, be a ringer guy. Friend. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. a friend of the ringer. He, he now owns a, uh, I believe second division or third division team in Spain um, on the soccer side. Right. And he was a GM for the Mavs for a little, is yes. that correct? Yeah. He, he wasn't, I don't know if he was the GM, but he was or, in the or front office. Or at least office. the, the yeah. basketball yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah. So he said, basically what you said, he's like, he said, I, I'm going to paraphrase this. He tweeted, I know it's in fashion to talk about how this is a bad move for the Clippers, but there's a chance that Russell could help them out quite a bit. Uh, and I guess he's right. I mean, of course there's a chance and uh, our good friend Dan Bespris on his pod earlier today compared Russell Westbrook to a five-hour energy drink, and I think that's actually pretty apropos. It's pretty adept that he he is going to give this team a spark, a spark plug. I mean, he's obviously not exactly the athlete he was in his his MVP days, but he, he given the right role, which is really a question mark to be to be seen yeah but given the right role i can certainly see him adding a spark being a really good innings eater uh when the if if, so, if Kawhi like against the suns uh doesn't have it perhaps russell westbrook could come in and 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 be something something of an offensive uh oh, God, i'm trying to convince myself here can be something of an offensive uh threat for us but yeah I, I guess all I can say is there's a chance. Yes, and I understand what you're saying, and I think what you're basically trying to 
quickly summarize that he can be that instant jolt that if you need a quick basket he can use his speed to get to the hoop and hopefully get to the hoop and get you too and here's the issue is that he's not a great shooter um he's if he is left alone to take threes which a lot of teams will do including the clippers by the way left him wide open for three he's not a great shooter and so the question is can he get to the hoop can he attack the hoop can he get his teammates involved can he draw defenders as he attacks the paint and perhaps kick it to an open three-point shooter if he's able to do that and he's able to do the role that he would fit best in then it can work and I want it to work because I'm a Clippers fan you're a Clippers fan you want this to work Matt we obviously would like to see the Clippers win a title after making that gigantic trade for Paul George which brought in Kawhi Leonard as well we want this to work now the issue is is that this team was playing really well I mean you look at what the Clippers have done recently and they just beat Phoenix before the all-star break and looked really good and before that, they they won the game before as well, where they beat Golden State by 10. And if you look at how they've played, I believe they're 10-4 and four in their last 14 games. And that's a team that has started to figure it out. And then you look at the trade deadline, they brought in Paul, I mean, they brought in Bones Highland to replace Reggie Jackson, John Wall, whatever you want to call it. Then you brought in Eric Gordon, and you brought in Mason Plumley, and you brought in three guys to replace John Wall, who clearly didn't fit, Reggie Jackson, and then you find a way where you can bring in these guys that, since Luke Kennard obviously was not someone that was they thought could run the offense, Reggie Jackson was falling off a bit. You bring in Eric Gordon, he started to look good as that guy that was able to attack the hoop. I mean, that seems like that's exactly what Russell Westbrook is going to have to do, but now I guess this brings it to the bad part, and it was a very short good part. But my concern, Matt, is the rotation and whose minutes are going to be taken. I mean, you look at that Phoenix game, and that had to have been Terrence Mann's top five game as a Clipper. I mean, obviously he had that game against Utah in the playoffs, but 26 points, 10 of 12 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, look comfortable taking threes. And so Terrence Mann has this instant jolt, which we've been talking about the Clippers have needed, and what do you say to Terrence Mann by bringing in Russell Westbrook? You say, yeah, you you did a good job, but we don't think it's good enough. Like, that's my problem, is that all of a sudden you're telling the most one of the most important players on your team that's not Kawhi or PG that has carried you in certain games that, yeah, him as a point guard maybe not good enough, and we want Russell Westbrook to start. That's my problem, Matt. Yeah, this is more of a this is a, so much more of a shakeup than bringing in a Bones or an Eric Gordon or right. a Plumlee, which they did at the deadline. Which these are role guys, and you're right. Like Eric Gordon's driving ability has already proven to that that's going to pay dividends. The the difference is, of course, Eric Gordon can shoot the the basketball mm-hmm. uh, if that's going to be Russell West, West, Westbrook's role. But yeah, this is. Um, you know, I'm not sure if they're going to be rose or rust-colored glasses as when he comes in from the other players. Just like this is a you know big name, this is great. Paul George, I'm sure is going to talk him up. But if I'm Terrence Mann, I'm thinking like, yeah, well, I I just got this role that I'm starting to thrive at. That that obviously we're winning ball games because of it. And then, like you said, it's almost as if, well, thank, thanks for trying it, but we're gonna we're gonna bring in bring in a guy who we we actually want to do this. So. I'm curious, I guess, I'm curious to think what you, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to speculate, but 
do you have any sort of thoughts about minutes uh, role uh, closing units? Is is Russ going to be in any part of that? Is he? Do you do you see them? Ty Lue playing him as a spark plug off the bench. Can Russ accept being a spark plug off the bench? Is it? Is it? What do you think the role here looks like? I, I think it's very possible that he becomes a guy that plays thirty plus minutes in a in a game, and that's the terrifying part, and that's the part that Clippers fans are afraid of. If he's going to come in, and he's going to possibly play ten to fifteen minutes initially, and that they're going to see if it works, and if it doesn't work, he's going to become a DNP then fine. I mean, I understand it's it's a low-risk reward when you're not having to pay him. But the question is, will that be the case? And I'm afraid it's not going to be the case. I'm afraid that he's going to jump straight into the starting lineup. Law Murray from The Athletic reported earlier today that the expectation is he is going to join the starting lineup at some point. Now, here's the issue, Matt. And you got you and I talked about this before the All-Star, uh, before the All-Star break and before the trade deadline. I said, you're better off making a trade sooner rather than later so that you have the time to get these guys to gel. So you have the trade deadline. You bring in a couple of new pieces. They got a couple of games together, and now you're going to bring in another guy. And so this is an experiment with, with Russell Westbrook. You're going to see if this works. So let's say it doesn't work. Then you just wasted 10 to 15 games that you really don't have because the Clippers only have 21 games left, and you're wasting that time trying to incorporate a player that probably is not going to work. Now... If it doesn't work and the Clippers are worse, then hopefully Ty Lue recognizes that. If it works, great. But the same thing is that you only have 20 games to figure this out before the playoffs start. Like, you can't figure this out on the fly. So that's my issue is that you're ruining the chemistry for a team that really was doing a nice job. I mean, you look at what the Clippers have done. Fly by night, Justin Russo on Twitter the Clippers averaged 56 drives and 299 passes over the last two games. So that's obviously with the new additions. After averaging 45 and 275 respectively. So they have 11 more drives and 24 more passes than what they averaged over the previous 59 games. So obviously it was great to see those two guys, or rather those three guys, have a positive impact. Now, will Russell Westbrook help that? my fear is that it won't because Westbrook, Russell Westbrook's not a guy that passes the ball. So that's a concern. And then Joey Lynn brought up a really good stat earlier today. The trio of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Terrence Mann have a 126.8 offensive rating this season. That ranks fourth in the NBA, fourth in the entire National Basketball Association amongst all trios with at least 250 minutes together. That trio, you are now going to break up if you decide to start Russell Westbrook. So that's my fear, is that with this addition, you lower Terrence Mann's minutes, which is not what you want to do, considering he's one of the only guys in this team that can not only give you energy, but is good at basketball and knows his role, where Westbrook may not know his role and may just only knows how to play one way. Then you may lower Eric Gordon's minutes as well. Let's not forget, by the way, in that game against Phoenix, there was no Norm Powell. Eric Gordon played 26 minutes. Bones Highland played 16. So, and Terrence Mann played 35. I would expect Bones Highland to now play zero minutes. So I think he becomes a DNP. Eric Gordon and Terrence Mann, they combined for 61 minutes. And then you had Wes, Westbrook in there. 
So if you add Highland, Gordon, and Mann together from the last game against Phoenix, that's 77 minutes. My fear is that Westbrook gets 30 of them, and then it's probably about 20 to 25 for the other two. And that's how I think it shakes out. But I hope it doesn't shake out that way. What about you? It's scary. I really hope it doesn't shake out that way. We started the pod by by you blaming me for this happening. And I, I, I can't blame you for blaming me because I blame myself. And in that, I'm a little scared because when this first happened today, I was texting with a few people, talking to, talking to some of my uh, some of our fellow uh, Clipper Nation fans here. And I, I said, I said, look, Russ is not going to start and he's not going to close games. And uh, now I may, <laughs> if he, now it looks like he may start. And if, if, it, if it holds true that I'm to blame, maybe he'll close games as well. I, I cannot believe that he would get 30 plus minutes, but then again, I couldn't believe he would be on the team. I mean, to, to, to steal away those, those well-earned minutes from, from T man uh, after he's been playing so well and, and Eric Gordon has fit in seamlessly. I don't mind him getting the Bones Highland role if he wants if he's going to play 16, you know, spark plug minutes off the bench and Bones yep. moves to a moves to a 0 to 5 minute role like that I'm cool with. But to cut minutes from Terrence Mann, Eric Gordon, Norm Powell like you mentioned didn't even play in that Suns game, but that is very 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 concerning to me and and I, I talked a lot about um, about about closing units for the Clippers uh, recently, and imagining one that has Westbrook in it is quite frankly terrifying. Yeah, and I think he's there's going to be times where he starts and times where he closes, and I think Ty Lue is going to try and figure out if it works. I mean, he seems to do this where he tries certain things out. And he sees if it works. My problem is you don't have the time to do this. You just don't. This team is continuing to not take the regular season seriously. I mean, how many times have we seen Terrence Mann not get minutes and get DMPs when he would have made an impact? How many times have we seen Kawhi and PG sit or do what they did at the start of the season where Kawhi was coming off the bench in the second quarter to start games. I mean, it just didn't make sense at all. And the Clippers lost games they had no business losing to. And you look at the standings now, the Clippers are the four seed, but they are half a game up on Phoenix, who's in fifth. They're one and a half up on Dallas, who is in sixth. And they are two games up on seventh and eighth in New Orleans and Minnesota. And you look at the Clippers, and they have 28 losses. Phoenix has 28. Dallas has 29. New Orleans has 29. Minnesota has 30. Golden State is 29. Oklahoma City is 29. So the Clippers only have one less loss than several of those teams. And the Clippers have played the most games out of all these teams. So it's a problem. I mean, Golden State's played 58 games. If Golden State wins the three games they have in hand, that's 32 and 29. That is one game back of the Clippers. So it's an issue. It really is an issue that they're going to try and use these games remaining to see if it works when you look at what's ahead. And there's a rumor that he could possibly be ready to play against Sacramento. He, apparently he can be signed on Wednesday and be ready to play on Friday against Sacramento, which is going to be a massive game. You look at the standings, and Sacramento is one game up on the Clippers. If you win that game, you move to the three seed, and you take a series lead against Sacramento in what would be absolutely massive 
when you have just a huge game against them on March 3rd at Sacramento. I mean, you go up 2-1, all of a sudden the ball is really in your court. Then you play Denver, then you play Minnesota, then you play Golden State, then you play Sacramento again to start out of the break. So it's it's worrisome. And I don't know, man. I mean, some other numbers, Sam Quinn of CBS with Mann, Leonard, and PG um, together on the floor. The lineups have a rating of 126.8, like I said earlier, an effective field goal percentage of 61.1, a field goal percentage of 52.4, three-point percentage of 42.6, and they're a plus 42 in 284 minutes. So by bringing in Westbrook, you're possibly breaking up that trio. And I don't know. I don't, I, uh, I don't know what to and say, man. It's, it's hard. And, you know, that... The effective field goal percentage, I mean, Russ is at 46 this year. He's just a shade under 66% from the line. He's under 30 from three. He's just under 42 from the field overall. And I love, I love, love, love. You know, it's about me. I love efficiency. And Russell Westbrook is not exactly the the picture of efficiency. That schedule coming up is no cakewalk. I mean, the Kings, like you said, is going to be huge. And then, lo and behold, the mighty, mighty Nuggets, who just seem to have the Clippers number every single time on Sunday. Yeah. Timberwolves, who are getting hot. The Warriors again, and I'm sure they want a little redemption against us. And then the Kings. So this next stretch is is not easy. It's going to be brutal. And we're going to be working in a new point guard for 30 minutes, perhaps, or to start. That's that's going to be That's going to be tough. That's going to be really tough. I'm curious, Brandon, if you think... At all, and this is this is I'm just asking, and if the answer is no, it's no. If you think at all that that the Westbrook signing is in any way, shape, or form the Clippers' attempt at a response to the West Coast, let's say, arms race with Kevin Durant coming over to the Suns, Kyrie Irving coming over to the Mavs, perhaps, perhaps the Clippers felt like they needed to make a splash with a big name. Is that? Do you think that played any role in it, or were they, or this was just destined to happen anyways? Um, I think it was probably going to happen anyways, but I think it certainly didn't help that you see KD and you see Kyrie come into the West, and you all of a sudden think maybe you can add one more piece for a guy that played with Paul George, and PG is advocating for him, and P- Ty Lue wants a point guard, and all of a sudden there's a point guard, and there everyone thinks that they can just get the best out of Russell Westbrook. I mean, let's not forget. Do you remember the pictures of Anthony Davis and LeBron at the restaurant with Russell Westbrook? They were courting him. They thought it was going to be the next big three, the three of them. Like, LeBron and AD really wanted Russell Westbrook on their team. And then they really wanted him off their team. Like, the Clippers saw that, and they're like, yeah, let's add him to our team. And so the only thing that you can say when a situation like that happens is that there's egos involved. And... These guys think that they can get somebody to change. It's like you're getting somebody, you, you start dating a girl, and you see that she's cheated a couple of times, but you're like, no, this time it's different. This time it's different. It's, she's going she's gonna to be all about it. She'll be all in. She'll be able to adjust to just being with one guy and not going and cheating on others. But Russell Westbrook's the same thing. Everybody thinks, yeah, okay, we can get him to just be that guy that passes, doesn't dribble, and doesn't take a bunch of stupid shots. Like, once a cheater, always a cheater. Once a terrible pl- player that can't be within a team, 
most likely always a terrible player that can't be within a team. And it's not great. It's not great for a team that is at the four spot right now with Kawhi Leonard missing like 80% of their first 25 games. He missed like 20 of the first 25 games, I believe is what I saw from Justin Wilson a while ago. And now you're trying to incorporate somebody else. And it's, I don't know. Do you think that it was a response? I I think it, I think it played a role. Like you said, maybe even a, it's just in my mind, maybe even a little bit more than, than you may think. I just, I, I think maybe even from Paul George's perspective, he was, you know, maybe pushing for this and Ty Lue, just like, you know, we let's make a splash too. Uh, let's, let's, let's get our guy in here. It's funny that people point to, you know, Paul George had the best season of his career while playing next to Russell. Well, yeah. And look what happened to that team. They got bounced hard from the playoffs yep. in the first. So like, it's, okay, so what? That doesn't, that doesn't mean that that's going to either a happen again and B, if it does, we certainly don't want the same results for the team. So was it a response to KD and uh, Kyrie and other, other moves? Not directly, but I, I certainly I, th- I certainly think that amplified the, uh, the the want and the con- conceived need for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and uh, Joseph Ray Award, who uh, is the co-host of Clipset Pod, tweeted some good stuff earlier today. Also, that Russ is taking over three, th- or rather, he's taking over five threes per thirty-six minutes while shooting under thirty percent on them. And he shot under 30% in seven of his last nine seasons from three, shooting 25% on pull-ups. That is terrible. And 31% on catch-and-shoot threes on 115 attempts. And he's averaging nearly four and a half turnovers per 36. And this is a team in the Clippers that, by the way, I believe it was Shane Young that said earlier today, the Clippers have the lowest turnover rate amongst all teams in the NBA over the last 15 games. So the turnovers, which you and I talked about a ton, how much of a problem it was, and we know how much PG turns it over, all of a sudden you're adding a guy who's turning over the basketball. And valuing possessions in the playoffs is so important. Every possession matters. And so you look at those numbers that I brought up with Russ, the guy can't shoot. He can't shoot. He's not all of a sudden going to be able to shoot. The girl's not all of a sudden going to be able to keep her eye on one guy. Like It's just not going to happen. I'm just going to go back to close to the beginning of the pod and spin one fantastical theoretical positive here. Maybe Russ, after eight months of hearing that he had the worst contract in the league and everybody in Lakerland wanted him out and they were trying to trade him to no avail and they couldn't, maybe he's like, screw it. I am going to take five threes uh, per 36 minutes and or whatever it is. And I, I don't really care about this team or I don't care about you guys. It's now possible. Maybe he's, with some, maybe he's with friends and family now. He's with he's with us, with Clipper Nation. Paul George and Tyler are going to give him a big bear hug when he comes in back into Crypto.com Arena. And maybe he plays nice. That is the optimistic side, certainly, is that Paul George will say, hey, you need to fit in within our offense. Like, this needs to happen. You can't sit and shoot. And, like, Kawhi's going to be pissed off. If if Russell Westbrook takes a terrible shot, Kawhi's going to be pissed off. And I think Ty Lue will be pissed off. So you just got to hope that these guys are able to have enough influence on Russell Westbrook. And I'm sure it didn't help when Lakers fans were going after Russ Westbrook from the start and that his family felt uncomfortable at games. Like, it's it's a very hostile environment, and that's not the way you want to be. And so no other way to get revenge than all of a sudden playing well for the Clippers. And there's certainly an aspect of that where you think, okay, maybe Russell Westbrook does figure it out. It's just such a small portion of my thinking that it, it could possibly happen. 
but it is certainly a possibility. And like I said at the start, I want it to work. I'm open to it possibly working. But all the numbers that we continue to back up just do not support this making any sense whatsoever. You have a team that's 10-4 and four in the last 14 games that all of a sudden started to figure out the last couple games. You're bringing in a guy that's on his sixth team in five years. I know that he didn't play for the Jazz, but still, you have Powell, Mann, Gordon, Highland, four guys that all of a sudden you're not playing all four of those with Westbrook. It just can't happen. And you're bringing in a guy that was willingly traded away from a team that courted him very heavily. And they decided, you know what, let's let's start him. And then he was so bad for their team, Matt, the Lakers benched him. Like, you saw all that if you're the Clippers. You're like, yep, let's bring him in. So you just got to hope that there's something there that – he's able to flip a switch, but he hasn't been able to yet, Matt. Sixth team in five years is kind of staggering Yeah. when when you think about, I mean, any NBA player, but especially someone of the caliber and the pedigree and the accomplishments of Westbrook. I mean, that, that doesn't happen by accident. Let's just, let's just remember that sixth team in five years. And I know you say he doesn't play for the jazz that that's a given, but even five teams in five years, that is staggering. And that doesn't, like I said, that doesn't happen by accident. So there is a lot to be fearful of. Um, I love, I love the uh, cheating girlfriend analogy. Uh, I love it even more now that I'm married. Cause I don't have to ever have to deal with that again. Amen. Uh, I'll give you another analogy quickly. I, I went to go see the new Ant-Man film yesterday and I was, I was kind of pretty jazzed about it, but then I was talking to a buddy and, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, guys, don't worry about this. But my my friend said, you know, I, I heard it really wasn't that good. So oh, that kind of bummed me out. I went into it with, with them with low expectations. And sort of the best movie experiences I've ever had is going in with low expectations. And then if it's anything but horrible, I'm actually pleased. So I'm going to try to take that same mentality into this Westbrook, Westbrook situation where I'm going with very low expectations. And if it's anything but horrible... Maybe I can be okay with it, but I don't know that it's going to be anything but horrible. It's a good way to look at it. It's a really good way to look at it. I want to take this one step further. And from the people that are smart on Twitter, it it certainly seems like this. there's, like I said, a power struggle going on. With all the quotes that came out from Lawrence Frank, you would think that Russell Westbrook is certainly not not Lawrence Frank's pick. And that this is very much Ty Lue and PG's uh, decision. And I'm assuming Kawhi had something that he would have to sign off on on this. Now, that brings up a major question. And that is, is Ty Lue coaching for his job? Because he kept pounding the table about bringing in a point guard. He now has Russell Westbrook in a point guard. If there is truly a power struggle, and I'm not saying there is, but it sure looks like it from the outside... Do you think Ty Lue is coaching for his job? Because I'm now at the point where I think he is. I didn't think that was the case. I thought that he had developed a bunch of coins in the piggy bank. That he could just, what he has done with the Clippers, taking them to the Western Conference Finals for the first time ever. I'd given him a bunch of slack with how many poor decisions he has made at times this year. That I was willing to chalk it up and say he'll figure it out in the playoffs. I truly think that now he is coaching for his job and that, he needs to figure out a way to A, incorporate Russell Westbrook, and if it doesn't work, he needs to bench Russell Westbrook. 
What do you think? I think not only is he coaching for his job, I think he's knowingly coaching for his job, and he's going all in with, if indeed Russell Westbrook is is his big, his big pushing his chips into the middle of the table. I'm all in. I'm I'm tired of this load management stuff. Like I I wanted to do different. I wanted to do a lot of stuff differently this year, and I wasn't. My my hands are a bit tied. Let me bring in a guy who's quote who maybe my guy now, and let's see what we can do with this. And I think if it if it flames out, if the Clippers fail miserably, then he's probably he's probably on the chopping block, which like you, I thought I thought his job was safe um, just with all that he's done throughout these past several years and uh, the, the, the playoff adjustments, the the players coach, everybody loves Ty Lu. he's he's widely considered one of the most underrated coaches um, in the league. You know, maybe maybe in the top three to five. I think he's coaching for his job, and he may also be coaching, uh, or he may just be testing the waters to see if, even if he still wants the job. Who, who knows if he's even happy mm-hmm. doing this anymore with with the way that he's giving given restraints with his stars and with his rotations. I mean, sure, he's made some questionable decisions, but a, a lot of times the decisions were sort of forced upon him. I feel with which is who he had available and who he ultimately didn't. Yeah, and you wonder also, does that mean Lawrence Frank perhaps could be out the door as well? I mean, I I speculated on Twitter earlier today. um, It's possible that both those guys are gone after this year. I mean, Ballmer's going to have a very big decision to make. If this is truly a power struggle, does he keep Lawrence Frank or does he keep Ty Lue? And if he decides to keep Lawrence Frank, does Lawrence Frank want to stay after all that happened? Um, this season and if perhaps he was undermined and so we could possibly see a new GM and a new head coach in place next year and what will be a must-win season with Kawhi and PG able to opt out before this team moves to the Intuit Dome don't forget this team does does have does not have the ability to extend them a year it's the player option so if the players opt in for that final year then that will take them to the Intuit Dome for their first season. But if they decide to opt out, it's possible you lose Kawhi and PG. So next year would become massive. And so we could possibly see, I don't know, Masai Ujiri continues to be a GM that people try and float to teams when there's a GM opening. Does he leave Toronto with the mess that has occurred now with the Raptors? Does he leave and perhaps rejoin Kawhi in LA? And Quinn Snyder is a very hot coaching candidate after what he did with the Jazz. Could Quinn Snyder come and replace Ty Lue. I mean, those two combined, the snyder Masai Ujiri combo is something that we have to keep an eye on if something does blow up here in Clipperland. It's possible it works. It's possible both those guys are back with the Clippers. But there, there's a lot on the line now for this Clippers team in the final 21 games of the regular season and playoffs. There, there's even more that was on the line now than there was before. It's huge. There's, it, it, yeah, I mean, not to be overdramatic again, but it's almost immeasurable how much is on the line. I mean, any way you look at it for these players who are getting, who are getting older for these, the coaches who are, who are putting their jobs on the line, like we're talking about for the front office who, you know, they all work for, for an owner in, in Balmer who he's paying a lot of money to get results and, uh, and he's used to winning. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I wanted to Brandon get a, a window 
check with you because last time we talked, you said the window was closing, if not closed, for this year. Yeah. I said it was slightly ajar. There was a piece of wood in it that we that we found in the yard. We, we put it in. We could still feel a little breeze going. What's the Brandon breeze update through this this window? Is it is it ajar? Is it still closed? What are we thinking? Um, I want it to work. I want Westbrook to work, but I think this is the nail in the coffin. Uh, I think this ends any chance the Clippers have to win this year. I hope to be proven wrong, but I think this ends any chance that if Russ, Russell Westbrook actually plays significant minutes for this basketball team, I think it ends the Clippers' chances to win a title this year. So you're going into this movie thinking that it's, I don't know, Freddie got fingered and who knows, maybe it'll turn out to be the godfather. Yeah, listen, I, I, I hope it, I hope I hope to be proven wrong. Um I mean, I'm assuming that you think this is this is worse as well. The the wood in the window is cracking. Yeah. Um, if it hasn't all shattered and sent splinters yeah. into all of us in Clipperland, I I do not like this uh, move. I don't under, I don't really understand it at all. I can try to make as much sense of it as as anyone else, but to me, this is just a humongous misstep and. Something that Clippers fans, Clippers staff, will and Clippers players will live to regret. Honestly, I, and you know, sounds so dramatic, but yeah, I think it, you're it just right. Seems like it's just it's just the wrong move. I mean, I don't I don't even I don't really know how else to say it. Which is so bizarre after such a great deadline where they were able to bring in a guy in Eric Gordon that can shoot from thirty feet away and stretch the floor. Russell Westbrook cannot stretch the floor. So you bring in a guy like Eric Gordon, who is a perfect fit, getting to the hoop, better than uh, Reggie Jackson, better than John Wall. You bring in Bones Highland, who's a young guy that you can develop. You bring in Plumlee because you desperately need a backup center. And you you seem to make it work. And everyone seemed to have a role. And now you mess that up. And the frustrating thing is, is that there's no point in even evaluating this team right now, Matt, because bringing Russell Westbrook into this team completely changes everything. It could change the starting lineup. It could change the bench roles. I mean, there is no point in even evaluating what we've seen so far from this Clippers team, apart from the fact that Kawhi looks outstanding. He looks back to his Kawhi self and PG has been good, but he also disappeared at times. Like there's not a whole lot else that we can evaluate with this team because of this move. And it's, annoying it's frustrating but i'm willing to see if it works and i think we're gonna get our first look at it on friday yeah we'll see how it goes and i you know before we wrap anything up here i i do just want to make sure to say that this is nothing against westbrook personally or even as a player because this guy is a first ballot hall of famer and there's no doubt about it but we're not here to to form you know, a camp counselor coalition to where everybody's going to, we're here to talk about hoops and hoops wise, this makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think just on the floor, it just doesn't make sense. So we'll see what happens and uh, we'll certainly come back with a podcast. Um, I'm assuming Russell Westbrook will play on Friday. Um, So we'll try and have a podcast for you this weekend. Um, Hopefully record one, maybe on Saturday uh, because that game on Sunday is at Denver at seven o'clock at night. So hopefully we can get you, a podcast after that Sacramento game and see how the Clippers look. And uh, if they're able to continue this momentum that they 
had going into the All-Star break. Some very good wins against Golden State and Phoenix, and we'll see if they can carry that over. Um, because guess what? You got a back-to-back on Thursday and Friday of March 2nd and March 3rd. You play Golden State the 2nd and Sacramento the 3rd, which means that Kawhi Leonard very well may be sitting one of those two games. But let's not forget, we did see Kawhi play back-to-backs at one point. Two years ago, I believe, when he was being load-managed, we saw him play in the second half of the season in back-to-back. So it's very possible that training wheels do come off here in the second half, and he plays in both those games. And if he does... It'd be massive because they're going to need him in that game at Sacramento no matter what happens in this result versus Sacramento this Friday. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest before we uh, say goodbye? Because this will probably be the last pod that we do before uh, next weekend because I don't really think there's a point in doing another one unless something crazy happens. I mean, we looked at where this team was. The Clippers, I'm happy. If you had told me that Kawhi Leonard would have missed him any, as many games as he did and the Clippers somehow were the four seed and were just a couple games back of passing Sacramento. I mean, they're one game back of Sacramento and four games back of Memphis. If you had told me they had a chance to be the three seed, uh, I probably would have taken it. So uh, I'm okay with where this team is. I just, I'm, I'm fearful for the future. And it's just interesting, uh, that the that the Clippers odds to win the championship actually went down. Yeah. After they, this news, they went from eleven to one to twelve to one, I believe it was, to win the title. That's that's uh, that's bizarre. But you know me, the cautious optimist. Yeah. I got my fingers crossed. I got my toes crossed. I've got my T's crossed. I've got my lowercase J's dotted. We're hoping for good things here. So we, we shall see. And I think just to summarize everything that we mentioned in terms of the roles and what we want to see, I mean, we want to see Terrence Mann continue to play 30-plus minutes. We want to see Eric Gordon continue to play 20 to 25 minutes. So if Westbrook's going to play, it's got to be in that 10 to 15-minute role. Nothing more than that. I mean, uh, Bones Highland is a guy that brings instant energy, brings some offense. Westbrook's probably better than him on the defensive end. Um, he gets rebounds, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. And by the way, one thing that we didn't even mention, Robert Covington. I mean, this probably puts a nail in any chance that he plays because, I mean, unless you decide to play him somehow, I don't know whose minutes he's going to take. Maybe some of Batum's or some of Plumley's. I, I don't know. It, it just seems like this could be the end of Robert Covington as well. I think that's one last thing that I wanted to hit on there, Matt. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Covington's going to have – I mean, there's just not going to be – minutes for him not 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 that he was even getting minutes before and speaking of what we want guys we want this to succeed yeah we want russell westbrook to to thrive it's not that we don't want it it's just it's just hard to see a path towards it that's all eric gordon in that game against the suns 13 points seven assists two steals zero turnovers seven assists zero turnovers but yes please bring another point guard because clearly what you acquired is not good enough. I mean, come on. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. We'll see how it goes. Um, you can always follow me at Twitter or at Twitter on Twitter at BD Marcus. You can follow Matt Mattawarren at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. Of course, at Ethos Clippers on Twitter as well. Interact with us. We love chatting with you. Um, had a couple of people that reached out. Today in the mentions, it was fun going back and forth with some people. So feel free to reach out, enjoy uh, chatting with fellow Clipper fans. So until next time, I'm Brandon, he's Matt, and 
Go Clips. Go Clips. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit